All right, this is our archetype for Svadhisthana, the sacral chakra. And um, just another reminder when we're working with the archetypes that there is no good archetype or bad archetype. They're neutral. They're not good or bad. Um, you know, I think I said before on the other one, it can be really easy to fall into feeling like it's good or bad and it can be really easy to begin judging yourself and you know all kinds of things so they're neutral in and of themselves every art archetype right we call it uh, you know sometimes balanced or unbalanced but truly it's neutral these are just patterns of behavior when we're unaware of our patterns of behavior that are moving through us then they fall into this place called the shadow and the shadow also is not a negative thing it just means that we can't see it it just means that it's hidden from our awareness it's a part of ourselves that we aren't looking at in a lot of um sort of spiritual communities now lots of people are starting to talk about the shadow which i think is really awesome and it also like the shadow gets kind of like this bad rap it's like oh you got to do shadow work you gotta work with your shadow yeah for sure but the whole thing about the shadow is that you it's hard to work with because you can't see it. Um, and what you can see is often your ego's interpretation or your inner judge's interpretation of the parts of you that are bad that you need to work on, parts of you that are weak and you need to fix them up. Shadow just means unseen. It means hidden. It means that you it's in your subconscious. So knowing that, um, maybe we can kind of take some of the stigma off of, off of these things, especially, you know, um, when we recognize ourselves in them, just being a little kinder and, and gentler with ourselves. So, uh, an archetype just helps us understand why we do certain things that we do. And the beautiful thing about them is that it's so many people see themselves in them because they're so uh, common and prevalent. So we know that it's a pattern. It's a pattern that's old, it's ancient, it's deeper than, um, normal human behavior in the sense that we, you know, we all oscillate between these things. So it's collective, if you will. And becoming conscious of these archetypes, it's that's your empowerment. That's your empowerment because now you're moving from a place of something being unseen to having the power to choose. Once something moves out of the shadow and you're aware of it, now you, I think we have a personal responsibility to try to work with it. That's when we start to work with it, once we see it. But as soon as we see it, it's not in the shadow anymore. It's obvious to us. It's in the light, and now we have to work with it. So so the martyr is the um, archetype, uh, we could say, unbalanced of the sacral chakra. And the martyr, um, you know, we talk about sacrifice. It always seems to come up when we're talking about martyr. But sacrifice is used by the martyr when it falls into the shadow, so when it's an unseen uh, martyr archetype. Uh, it, it uses sacrifice as a way to control and manipulate others. And oh, this is such a this is such a tricky one. It's touchy and tender because everybody is manipulative. Everybody tries to manipulate outcomes. And yet, you know, if you're called manipulative or or feel like you've been manipulating something, the tendency is to feel a lot of shame. It's a lot of shame. So we want to be careful that we're not shaming ourselves when we start exploring these things because child, children learn how to manipulate from a very young age to get what they want and to survive. And when we haven't grown our child inside up, then we are falling into repeating those behavior patterns because they're coping mechanisms 
we did what we did when we did it because we needed to survive. And if it worked and we did it a lot of times, it became a pattern. And if we have a pattern that takes hold in the body, then we start to have um, energy that recognizes that pattern and be drawn to us or work through us. It's just kind of um, from an energetic perspective how it works. So the martyr makes a lot of sacrifices um, and uses the guilt, like it knows it makes sacrifices or makes the sacrifices as a way to induce guilt um, to dominate others from a shadow perspective. So this is not when people are coming about and being overtly dominating. This is kind of behind the scenes. So, uh, you know, they make the sacrifice of what they've done um, the focus of everybody's lives. Whether they think or not, um, whether a person agrees with the sacrifice or not, and whether the person asks for the sacrifice or not. And that's one of the really big things. You, so you might recognize yourself in, in this. I know I have in the past. I'd be, I was such a good friend. I was so there for them. I gave them this and this and this and this, and I did that and that and that and that. And then they gave me shit. They gave me nothing. They took advantage of me. They da 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 da. All of this might be very true. You might have given a lot, and the person might have taken advantage of you. But when when we fall into the martyr archetype, we're kind of taking it to the place where we highlight the sacrifice and everything we've done and how little we've got in return. Or we use the sacrifice that we've made in order to manipulate and control the outcomes of situations. So, um, but the thing to know about the martyr is that their suffering is mostly self-induced when we're in this archetype. So like a martyr will give up their whole life, right? They'll give up their dreams and life's ambitions and everything that they wanted to do for another person. Um, But it causes them anger and resentment and frustration and then this person who they gave it up for is forced to deal with it. So at the very base layer of it, martyr being in the martyr is a form of betraying yourself. And I look at it, be- it's a form of betraying yourself because you, it's a lack of boundaries that causes it. It's a lack of container, a lack of containment. And everybody suffers. Um, the martyr gets stuck in this pattern because truly because it's in the shadow right if it's in the shadow it's unconscious but they get stuck in the pattern because they actually believe that they're they're doing the right thing even when it's at the detriment of their own health at their own life force energy at their own will to live the martyr believes that they're doing the best right thing so it's really hard to get out of this especially when it's in its shadow form unseen to the person who's truly just like i give everything I want to give everything to everyone. But at the end of the day, what ends up happening is that usually that price, that there's a price tag because nothing's free. An interesting way that I saw this manifest and show up was there was somebody who was uh, coming to a lot of things that I would offer and they would always try to give me gifts and they'd always try to give everyone in the in the group gifts, 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 gifts for everybody. And, I, and eventually we had to have a talk and say like, no more gifts because the gifts we're putting people in energetic debt to them, right? There's an energetic debt that gets created when somebody gives you something, whether it's a favor or a present. Now, obviously, I don't mean your your intimates, like your partner, your spouse, or your children, or your close family, your best friend, but 
people who you have sort of acquaintance type relationships, if you're always giving gifts, giving, 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 you have to start checking in and ask yourself that. So I, I bring this up because it, if something's in a shadow, operating in the shadow, and this is one that many, many healers fall into from time to time. If it's in the shadow, then there are clues and you can go, oh, maybe I do that sometimes. Okay, let me start to look at that and chew on it and work with it. So the martyr likes to sometimes likes to give a lot of gifts and sometimes that gift giving has strings attached because while many people are born naturally generous and kind and I don't want to take away from that because there's a balanced way to do that you you know when you start looking at it what your motivations are so everything that I suggest here is just food for thought and some of it will be yeah I do that and some of it will be no I'm just really generous and that's fine this is just your own exploration so martyrs you know sometimes enhance this right like they'll rescue fix support uh, and the thing what I mean when I say it's not free is that they expect others to do the same for them I gave so much so I expected it back I supported you every time you went through this big thing and I was there and you didn't show up for me well did the person ask for support? Did they ask for the gift? Did they ask to be rescued? And we have to look at, as healers in particular, and teachers and helpers, like, where do I use other folks by rescuing them to fill my own need of feeling worthy, valuable, seen, etc.? Or, you know, in my case, I spent a lot of time rescuing people trying to recover the wounding that I had with my sister and my mother. You know, I felt like there was a lot of situations that happened when I was young and I couldn't I couldn't rescue them, and I so desperately wanted to, and I couldn't, because you can't rescue anyone. That's the ticket with this. You cannot rescue anyone. So instead of rescuing myself, I would try to, I would draw situations and people and whatnot to me, and then I would take out my rescuing wound on them, and then I'd be bitter and disappointed when, um, you know, once they were feeling a little bit better, they just left my life and were gone. Well, I didn't need to use them to rescue anymore because they were doing a little bit better and they didn't need to, to, to be around me anymore because that, that purpose had been fulfilled. And I began to develop a really bitter pattern where I just felt used and abused. I felt taken advantage of. I felt like you know, I had several, a uh, couple of business experiences with business partners and, and the like where I felt that way and a couple of relationships where I felt that way. I gave so much, more than the person ever asked me to give. And then I was very angry when they weren't able to give the same. So, you know, you become the scapegoat, right? And then <laughs> the funny part when you're really in your martyr, thinking of this situation where I was really in it with a business partner, uh, I, I gave and gave and gave, felt used, felt used, felt used, never spoke up about it, never said anything about it, expected it to change. All the while inflicting my own self-harm, self-betrayal by not speaking up and we will learn when we get to the throat chakra that the sacral and the throat are very very connected so if we're, if we're kind of also operating in the silent child which is one of the archetypes of the throat uh, then sometimes the martyring goes hand in hand with that so I would do this and then and then when the situation blew up I also allowed myself to be the scape, scapegoat and take it take took the blame for it all even though you know there was another person involved but taking the blame somehow you know, made me feel more self-righteous, I suppose, made me feel better about some, some place in my, inside myself that felt more comfortable being in that position, feeling responsible for somebody else's actions. Um, and I would never defend myself. So 
that was beginning to tell me something. I was unable to, to ever stand up for myself. Right? So I was in that archetype for a period of time and then began to see it and then work through it and move out of it. So, you know, it's very, very important to recognize if you seem to be okay with being at fault, you know, because that requires a greater degree of self-sacrifice, of course, right? And suffering. And that brings me to be stuck further in, in this archetype. Feeling unappreciated is another one. When you're in the, the archetype of the mother, uh, or not the mother, the martyr, has a massive need for appreciation, validation, acknowledgement, reciprocation, support. These are all fine needs. There's nothing wrong with these needs in and of themselves. But the martyr's needs for this cripples them. It's extreme. There is just this deep pattern operating that if you just sacrifice yourself enough, if you just give enough, then you will be given the recognition you crave. Now, interestingly, the martyr has a really hard time once they actually do earn the appreciation that they long for, that they want, that they've been so desperately desiring. Because they must take care of everyone else and refuse to receive in return. So if you're taking care of everyone else and refusing to receive in return, it tells you you might be this might be operating in the shadows um, now because we're in a position when we're in the martyr of sacrificing so much uh, the martyr begins to feel this is where the it kind of gets a little bit sticky the martyr begins to then unbeknownst to them uh, feel that it's okay to be manipulative and start here's really the key start to feel superior to those they are helping and they might even start to complain about those they're helping and how much they don't have. It's just impossible to satisfy the archetype of the martyr's uh, appetite. It's impossible to satisfy. Um, so once the shadow martyr feels like you don't care enough, that you don't support them, that you don't appreciate them, that everything and all the sacrifices they've made have not been acknowledged, that you're not in reciprocity, they can become very distant and cold. Now, why right let's look at it from the perspective of the shadow why well for the martyr there's a, a long-standing dysfunctional relationship not with everybody else around them but internally with their deeper deeper self why they feel unworthy they feel unworthy of receiving happiness etc so they'll give and give and give and give and give and they won't receive because receiving is of no value because to receive would decimate the entire belief structure to receive help would mean i'm powerless would mean i'm needy would mean i can't do it all on my own i can't hold it all on my shoulders to ask for help is the first step out of being a shadow martyr it's the first step out i need help sometimes in retreats and, and there's always a pattern there's always an archetypal pattern that comes and sometimes it mirrors the patterns i'm going through myself because remember we all go through this to, to some degree or another no one's immune so if we're strongly stuck in martyrdom in in the shadow martyr and we're in a retreat i'll have people say out loud i need help please help me please help me please help me and the and like the resistance that you see on someone's face who's stuck in this just the very words of even mock pretending saying please help me i need help i need help you can feel it and it starts to bust up the pattern it's it's really kind of cool how it happens but in any event um for the shadow martyr suffering is a way to feel special it's a way to feel 
needed, wanted, valued, important, and seen. Seen. So it's difficult, right? It's very, very difficult. There's a lot of controlling going on, and it's all dressed up as sacrifice and service. And what happens is, if at least if at least if somebody is in a, a controlling uh, outward behavior and it's obvious, you can address it. You can deal with it. But it's very tricky and tactical to deal with when someone is in the martyr position that's shadowy is that there's so much controlling going on but it's dressed up as service it's dressed up as sacrifice and that's hard it's hard to bust out of that because it's very difficult if you're on the receiving end to put it into words it's just a feeling of like man this person does so much for me like why am i feeling so controlled why am i feeling so resistant why am i feeling like i want and need space and sometimes it takes a lot of uh, time and it takes space and distance to come through that and figure out, oh, this is dysfunctional and controlling, um, but I, I, but this person seems so nice, so what's my problem? So trusting your instincts is important, not judging is important. And if you find yourself in reciprocity consistently with people who are acting as, as martyrs, then you have to look at the, the other ends of things like, how how come that's coming up in your life how come that's being drawn to you right because everything is energy and everything moves in poles with each other so sometimes the martyr uh, comes out of the shadow and it becomes like enlightened it's the enlightened martyr it's the martyr that is literally in the light and so the core value of the martyr is about doing the right thing Sometimes that means doing the right thing when nobody wants you to do it. And the enlightened martyr is instead of asking, what does everyone else need? Is asking, what is right for me? What is right for me that would also benefit them? The enlightened martyr can see what needs to be done to benefit not just themselves, but their family, their relationship, their local community, their society as a whole. It's me and we, not me sacrificed for we and then being punished for it later. The enlightened martyr knows that you must receive and give and that if the relationship between giving and receiving is off, we've got a little bit of work to do. Nothing wrong with it. We just have some practice. We have a little work to do. Martyrs have a lot of strength. The martyr archetype has a lot of strength to, to be in integrity and to endure and therefore a lot of resilience. So if you've been prone to being the martyr archetype that's in the shadows, as you begin to bring it to light and work it, you get to see the resilience you have because if you've been in the sacrifice version or the shadow version of it, you've been carrying a lot on your shoulders. So your shoulders are strong. Your shoulders are strong. But you stop sacrificing everything else, your own needs, your own health, your own dreams, your own values for everything else. What does this come down to? It comes down to boundaries. It comes down to knowing we have limits. We have edges. We can say no. We can ask for more when we need it. Like women have a really hard time in the workplace. I used to work as an HR manager and have a really hard time asking for raises. A lot of times, I don't mean to overgeneralize, but men will walk in and, hey, I've been doing a really good job. See how good I've been doing? I deserve a raise. Women would come to my office and ruminate about asking the director for a raise. Oh my gosh, how do I word it? How do I say it? How do I prove I, I've done a good enough job? And it would blow my mind to watch this happen, right? These confident, strong business professionals who had their shit together, wondering if they were worth it. 
So, you know, an enlightened martyr knows that they can ask for what they need and they're okay with somebody saying no. They're okay with having a boundary placed on them, but they can ask for that raise. And if somebody says no, no problem. But the healing is in the asking. If you ask, you come out of martyr, shadow martyr, and you come into stepping into the light. You become personally empowered. And that's a really beautiful thing. It's a really beautiful thing. And so there are martyrs that we see, like Christ was a martyr, the enlightened martyr, sacrificing of the self for truly the greatness of the whole, for the healing of the whole, for the enlightenment of the whole. Whether someone's a Christian or not, you take that story, look at all the pieces of it, and see the martyrdom that existed in a very positive way. It wasn't a shadow martyrdom, right? So remember, nothing is good or bad. It just is what it is. But if you want to really look at... um, uh, whether or not you may be in this archetype uh, at a certain time, you're like, oh, I, I recognize parts of myself. So ask this, do you feel resentful about sacrifices you've made? Do you sacrifice uh, to w- yourself to win approval? Do you not say no? Do you say yes when you mean no? What happens to your body when you say yes, but you mean no? Are others more worthy than you? Do you think it's better to give than to receive? It's an interesting one. We're trained as women in particular to think it's better to give than receive. It doesn't make you greedy to receive. It makes you in reciprocity with those who are giving to you. And some people who just want to receive and don't give, they got to look at a different aspect of themselves. But do you think it's better to give than receive? Interesting, right? So some things to think about. Um, about the martyr archetype. You know, it's, it's, really a, it's really a wonderful thing to explore these new aspects of information. Um, so, so now let's look at the other polarity, right? So on the other opposite side, remembering that, again, it's, it's not necessarily uh, bad or good. It just is what it is. So if we start looking at the emperor or empress, if we look at it from a Jungian perspective, the emperor or empress is okay with receiving, very okay with receiving, and allows themselves to be in touch with pleasure. I know what, and so so remember, an archetype is neutral. When the emperor, when, it, when there's too much emperor energy, it turns into gluttony. It turns into like, like wanting all the finest things all the time, needing to have everything, um, indulging. Yeah, I think I have the time I was the most in my gluttonous way and I was indulging in this relationship and it was really intense and we were indulging in the finest foods and the finest, you know, experiences together and the, and we were traveling and it just like everything was a total indulgence on the extreme and I ended up sick and depleted because the indulgence factor got way too high. Now on the other side of that I've gone through places where I've been frozen and had no empress energy and I, I couldn't indulge in any sort of pleasure at all just tight frozen no laughter no joy no senses no touch no nothing just I just totally disconnected from that archetype. So remember, we don't want to be one or the other. We're just trying to understand them a little bit so we can recognize ourselves in them and work with them. So in the excess, the emperor is gluttonous, is too much. Now, balanced emperor, empress, is able to receive, is is allowed to have pleasure, enjoys having pleasure, 
gives themselves the opportunity to have pleasure but i'm talking about real pleasure i work with a lot of people who are like i get pleasure by buying myself a nice sweater okay but but then they have a whole bunch of guilt after it they can't actually receive the pleasure that comes with it they can't connect to the archetypal energy that allows them to really revel in and be with the pleasure while it's there so this one's you know it's it's not as complex necessarily as as the martyr archetype but it is really, really under, you know, it's really important to understand just how much our relationship to giving and receiving affects things. Just how much our sort of ability to um, be willing to be with life affects Svadhisthana, this area that these two archetypes are associated with. Can I be with life? If I can be with life, then I'm not deprived and you know abandoning myself to serve everyone else all the time and and martyr for them uh and and then control and manipulate them if i'm if i'm with life i'm also not totally indulging all the time i'm i'm in this middle place where i'm in reciprocity between giving and receiving where i am with the the highs of life and the lows of life i embrace the highs and the lows i'm i'm with it you know and i'm choosing relationships that also embrace life and be with it and be with the highs and be with the low and the good and the bad it's it's very um nuanced here so looking at if you find yourself in one of these how do you just come come to a more middle ground i want to be the martyr that's standing in the light that's standing up for injustice when when the whole world is against it because i'm brave and i have resilience that's that's the kind of martyr i want to be if i need to use the martyr archetype in my life now if I'm unaware that these patterns are running through me, I don't have the choice to access the archetype. And this is the key with it. I have to know that they're there and have identified them and explored my own to, to notice when they're running in others. Right? As a healer helper, many of you in this uh, listening to this and in this uh, course are help healers and helpers. If you have not gone into your own internal landscape and pulled on this thread and and gone where am how am i a martyr when and where how have i been an excess in the in the emperor archetype it's very difficult to recognize it from an energetic level with other people you can recognize it from a philosophical level from the level of like you know pathologizing it from the level of diagnosing people with things because you've heard how people who do this and say this act but when you have gone into it yourself and you've worked with it yourself, then you know how to heal it. Then you know how to balance it. A book can't teach you this. I mean, it can't. But the way that you learn how to work with it is to have the courage to go in you, pull on these threads, stir it up a bit, take your own medicine, and then you come through and can help others. And if you go in yourself and you do it yourself, you have compassion for others. And that's the key. If you do this from a place of your head and not a place of your own experience in your body, if you don't have the same level of compassion, you're more likely to have judgment, pathologize someone. Oh, they're stuck in the martyr archetype. Or, oh, they're stuck in the victim. Da, 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 da. Well, if you're acquainted with your martyr and your victim, you know how hard that journey was to get acquainted and to transmute and to balance and, and to be with. So you're not nearly as quick to judge. You're way more soft, way more compassionate. And people often tell me, oh, I come to you, I feel safe with you. Yeah, well, I've spent the whole part of my adult life and some of the time before that trying to be acquainted with these shadow aspects of myself so that I can be with others in their shadow aspects of themselves as a healer not 
that's not the reason why I did it. I'm just, that's a byproduct of why I did it. I spent all of that time doing it. And as a byproduct, I can sit with people without feeling judgment for them. It's, it's very rare that I feel judgment for someone. Um, unless, and this happens sometimes, they are displaying an archetypal energy or some kind of thing that I haven't pulled on in myself yet. And I don't really understand it. I'm like, oh, how could you, how could, how could that be a thing? And usually that's my key. That's my invitation from life saying, aha, you don't understand this part yet. Time to go excavating and grab your shovel. You're going and digging inside yourself now. So we really want to explore these, not just only for ourselves. Yes, for ourselves. And we're part of a collective. And most of us in this group call ourselves helpers, healers, teachers, etc. So to really be of service is to do your own work. It really, really is. And, I, and a lot of people say that and they say it from the head. It's so ironic. So we have to focus our energy for Svadhisthana on our relationship to giving and receiving boundaries, which we talked I talked about in the first I talked extensively about boundaries in that in that first recording in this module, so you can go back to that and listen to it if you uh, need it to reference. But the boundary aspect, right, really relates to this pleasure, desire, worth, self-esteem. Last thing I'm going to say on this, money. I've run into a lot of people who don't believe they're worthy to receive money for their services. I will give and give and give and sacrifice and sacrifice and sacrifice and give and give and give and give, but you can't pay me for it. You're taking away the other person's opportunity to have power in the equation between the two of you. And that's a problem. If you and I are engaging with each other and I'm helping you and the currency between us is you give me money to help you, you have the power to fire me. If you're not paying me, Oh, it's going to be a lot harder for you to tell me you no longer want to work with me because I'm so sweet and I'm so nice and I'm so giving and I'm just giving you this free service and you should probably just do it because it's free, right? Lots of healers, before they've kind of figured this out, um, try to control their prospective clients by offering things for free because they don't think there's an, any inherent value in what they're offering or they're scared or they want to be, you know, um, you know, there could be many reasons why, but it's a pattern to look at. If you have trouble charging for your services, um, then it's important to question that, to look at it. And of course, here's where the and comes in, what I was talking about with the rigid versus fluid. And, you know, sometimes we want to be of service. Sometimes everything I say, there's nuance to it in, the, in, in regards to the archetypes. There's no one solid answer. It's, it's, it's both. It's learn to charge that's really important and be gracious and generous when you can and the opportunity feels authentic and you've checked in and it's not a power play right there are times to be of service in that way and only you know the difference so that's that's the deal when we get to know the part of us that is the martyr archetype then we know we can recognize the feeling when it's coming through and now we have a choice oh i'm in that archetype do i want to give this thing away for free or reduced price truly is that because it's in my heart and i feel like really in the spirit of giving or is it because this pattern of energy is playing out in me unbeknownst to my conscious mind so when it when we bring that into the light we get to make real choices instead of being driven by energy that we can't see that we're unaware of so i really encourage you to um, look at it from that perspective you're just trying to illuminate it so that you have more choices so I think that I'll wrap it up for this. It's been a kind of longer than I wanted it to be. So thanks for hanging in there and getting to this point if you did. 
um, looking forward to talking about this with you guys uh, on our group call this week. Okay, that's it.